1: To favorite classic reads, from news stories to updates on the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey is a bi-weekly podcast here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey is a book podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, along with Eric Smith. We're recording on Thursday, January 18, 2018. Hey, Eric. Hello. <laughs> How's it going?
0: It's good. Do you, do you realize this is our 10th episode? I know. Like... <laughs> What do we do to celebrate do we do we reflect on all the good times we've had over the course of ten episodes like what 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 happens
1: Here's what I think we should do and and tell me what you think. I think we should talk about a lot of books okay <laughs> yeah yeah
0: that sounds that sounds perfect
1: I mean it seems like it's sort of our strength uh, maybe we should <laughs> you know really really go at it this time
0: yes, okay so uh so yes, what we are reading um. So I I'm still reading Heart of Ash by Kim Lidget. Um I know I talked about it last episode. It's a sequel to Blood and Salt. Uh usually I read really fast, but much like you Kelly, I am moving soon. <laughs> we are we are a podcast in transit right now. Seriously. Um, <laughs> However, I just got sent a copy of Along the Indigo by Elsie Chapman, uh, which comes out in March with Amulet. Uh, I dove in a little bit because I like to read a bunch of things at the same time, uh, and I'm just loving it. Um, It's about a teen who lives along a river that's, uh, like, tragically famous for being a place where people uh, drown themselves. Um, And she wants a better life for herself, um, not just for herself, but also her sister. So she's, like, skimming bodies that wash up on shore to try to find money. It's really sad. And she meets a boy who recently lost his brother. Um, I feel like Elsie's debut, it's this duology called Dueled. Um, it's set in this world where everyone has a, a twin doppelganger. And they train their whole life for the moment. You have to fight them. Um, it's, like, super underrated. Um, came out... Oh, goodness. 20... 2010? 2011? I don't know. It's, it's a... It's definitely not a recent book. Um, it's just this really awesome slice of sci-fi dystopia. Um, so, you know, since you can't read uh, Along the Indigo uh, just yet, I highly recommend maybe checking out her debut. And uh, try not to get too tongue-twisted when you're asking for the, the dual duology about <laughs> doppelgangers. Because um, that's just, <laughs> just how it is.
1: Um, so I'm curious now, I know this isn't on our agenda, but I'm going to ask it. I'm curious about this reading... A bunch of things at once like how do you do you do that to sort of decide what you're going to read or is it just to get a sense of what's out there like i want to hear a little bit about this
0: i'm just too excited there's so many good books <laughs> so many so many arcs and there's this i don't know there's kind of this pressure to, to to try to get to them before they come out um so yeah it kind of depends on the mood i'm in um like right now like you know uh the, the, the Blood and Salt sequel is it's pretty dark. There's all this horror. Um, well, Elsie's book, while it's certainly dark, it's not a, it's not a horror novel. Um, so, you know, one I might read at night. The other one I might not because I'm a big chicken. So it kind of depends on what I'm in the mood for. Uh, I'll, I'll bounce around.
1: <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. I'm always curious. Like, I find people's reading habits to be fascinating. Um, in part because I'm a one-book-at-a-time person. And I'm also... Oh, um, I see. I'm very much a mood reader, so I don't really keep, like, a, a to-be-read stack or anything. Like, I, I just have my piles of books everywhere, and when I finish one, I go pick up whatever, like, calls out to me at the moment. Um, so, some, you know, I try not to, like, get in a habit where I read ten Y novels in a row, because then I'll burn out on it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's just one of those things. Any, any sort of category of fiction or nonfiction does that for me, but... Um, yeah, it's just it's so fascinating. Like I wish I could read more than one at a time, but I'm so not that person. Um, That's okay. <laughs> so, um, what about you?
0: What What are you reading?
1: <laughs> well, currently, as we speak, all of my books are in another state. They are in a garage um, at the house that we're buying. Tomorrow, so I, I will be reunited with my books tomorrow, which is kind of nice. It's been a few days, um, you know, and you walk around and you look in your house, and all the bookshelves are empty, and you're like, "Oh man, I have nothing to read!" Like literally, I have nothing to read. Um oh, no. <laughs> But I did. I kept a couple of library books and a couple of arcs here before I moved everything, and one of them was *The Wicked Deep* by Shay Earnshaw, and it comes out in March. It's a book about three witches who are drowned in this small coastal Oregon town and on every June 1st they return to I guess the best way to put it is borrow the bodies of teen girls to sort of seduce boys into the water who then they take for victims so um basically these witches come to get their revenge for being drowned you know a long time ago, and um, wow, yeah, I mean, it, it's a very cool, like, cool concept. There's a really great twist in there um, that I didn't see coming. I had sort of suspected something else, and then I was thrown with this other twist, and I was like, "Oh, yes, that was good. That was good." Um, and this one is one that has really great atmosphere and setting, which just like. Mm-hmm. I could have cared less about the plot. I mean, the plot is great, but it was very much one of those books, like, it transported me, like, where I wanted to be at that moment. Um, So that's uh, The Wicked Deep by Shay Earnshaw, and it's a debut, standalone, uh, has a nice conclusion at the end. I could see where they could do a follow-up title for it, but Mm -hmm. even if they do, you could be super satisfied with just this title, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, I haven't heard much about that one. I have to look it up.
1: It has a really cool—the um, art cover is really shiny and sparkly. Like it was very, very nicely packaged. So I'm curious to see what the final product looks like. Looks because like, it'll probably be beautiful. So shall uh, we hit our first sponsor? And I'll read it because there's a note <laughs> in the agenda that says uh. you're reading this one from you to me. Yes. <laughs> so our first sponsor is Love, Hate, and Other Filters by Samira Ahmed. One of the most buzzed about YA debuts of 2018, starred reviews from Publishers Weekly, School Library Journal, and Booklist. Elite Daily says this deeply moving novel. There's a word missing in there. Elite Daily says deeply moving, and New York Times bestselling author Sundia Menon says heartbreaking and as timely as it is hopeful. So now you get the, the like, praise for it. Here's what the book is about. 17-year-old Maya Aziz is torn between worlds. There's the one her parents expect for their good Indian daughter, attending colleges near their Chicago home and dating a suitable Muslim boy. And then there's the world of her dreams, going to film school in New York city and maybe just maybe pursuing a boy she's known from afar since grade school. But when a horrific crime perpetrated hundreds of miles away upends her life, Maya must find the strength to confront the fear and bigotry of people. She thought she knew and determine where she truly belongs. That is our oh, sponsor. Man. So this is, <laughs>
0: this is- So this sponsor is amazing and also hilarious because uh, I'm the agent for this book in my day job. Uh, So I left a little note in here that said, Kelly, you have to read this one because, uh, yeah, at last my day job and the podcast have uh, have collided in a spectacular uh, conflict of interest, which is great. (laughs)
1: Well, so it's funny. And I told you this and I told Samira this because I was on a panel with her um, a couple months ago. But I read this book as a manuscript years ago um, for a, a YA novel contest with Elephant Rock Press. Um, they, yeah. they publish a new YA voice every other year, and this was one of the finalists the year that I judged. So when I'd seen it started to like pop up, I was like, I think I've read that before, and I'm really excited to pick it up again and, and read the... Um, The latest version, because I know she said she's done a lot of work from it on it since um, that contest when it was great. So I'm really curious to see how much better it's gotten
0: since. It's also just spectacular to note uh, how small the book world really is. (laughs) Like you read the manuscript forever ago. I became an agent. I ended up signing her. Now she's on the podcast. Like, oh, my (laughs)
1: God. Small worlds colliding everywhere. Uh, I was going to try and come up with a really good transition, but there's not one for this. So, um, (laughs) let's just I mean, the
0: sponsored book has to do with love. You know, there's love in the title. Oh, yeah. Yeah, There you go. Maybe.
1: I'll take it. I'll take (laughs) it. I mean, close. So, we know that Valentine's Day is on February 14th. Everybody knows that. And we know that basically your entire internet book experience from February 1st to the 14th and a little after will be nothing but romance. So, We decided we wanted to be first, and we'll talk about some great YA romances. Um, Maybe with a little bit of a twist, uh, we're going to talk about some romances in YA that are really worth reading, and we're going to assign them a candy hearts rating. Um, I literally pulled out some candy hearts from a bag, pulled out some of the funniest words, and (laughs) we will will assign our books to the um, according... According to the candy hearts, so um, Eric, do you I you do want love.
0: To? Go ahead. I do. I do love how dated candy heart uh, texts tend to be. though the words on the candy hearts, like. Fax me. Uh, ra- rad, yeah, fax me. <laughs> rad, you know, like it's uh like I feel like there's just a bunch of like, you know, slightly older folks that aren't quite in touch with what the cool teens are up to these days, uh, trying to come up with, uh, <laughs> trying to come up with sayings. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think the ones that we pulled out um, that we'll assign are, are pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, do you want to? Do you want to go first? Do You want to talk about one first?
0: Sure. And uh, I'm actually going to write it in here because <laughs> I messed up our little thing. That's okay. Um, so I'm going to talk about the uh, the girl who fell by uh, Shannon Parker or S.M. Parker. as She goes on a on her book there. Um, and for this one, I'm going to give it the candy hearts. Um, Candy Heart crushing (laughs) that appears on most Candy Hearts, um, but for a bad reason. So The Girl Who Fell is a YA contemporary um, about a boy who becomes obsessed with the main character. Um, It's a it's a stalker novel. It's a a book about a a very, very toxic relationship. Um, But the thing about it is that you just don't see it. You see it happening and the main character does not. So it's like watching the best Lifetime movie ever uh, because you're watching this girl fall for this guy and push all these friends away and she's just so in love and everything seems so sweet to her, but you see how bad it all is and you're just constantly saying like, no, don't do that as you're reading the book uh, and it's fantastic. So it gets the crushing candy hearts, but it's a bad candy hearts. It it probably doesn't taste very good.
1: It's, like, one of the ones that kind of got stale, like, and you really have to, like, chew through it to get to the...
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> um, and that was, what was the name and the author of that one again?
0: Uh, the Girl Who Fell by S.M. Parker.
1: Awesome. So that earned your crush in. Let me see. Like, looking at my list, I'm like, what can I pick? I am going to, I'm just going to jump right in and talk about Three Sides of a Heart, which is an anthology edited by Natalie C. Parker. And I love that she put this anthology together (laughs) out of spite, essentially. Um, After all the conversations that have gone on in the YA world about love triangles and how much people dislike them, she decided that she would put a whole anthology together of nothing but love triangles. So um, it's got a bunch of authors that you'll know and some authors who will be new to you all sort of exploring the dynamics of the love triangle. Um, And if I were to give that a candy heart... I think maybe I should also give it crushing. Nice. Because it's going to crush in your expectations.
0: Ah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see. So next up for me is uh, every Lauren Morrill book ever. Um, I've definitely said this on Book Riot and on, on Twitter before, but I think Lauren Morrill is basically like the Nora Ephron of uh, young adult books. Um You know, she writes the best romantic comedies, in my opinion. Um, I really loved her most recent novel, uh, My Unscripted Life. Um, A teen gets a job as a personal assistant on a movie filming in her town, starring her eternal Hollywood crush. And uh, maybe sparks start to fly with the Hollywood star? Uh, You know, how do you handle a relationship when you're kind of just a normal teen and uh, this person is a big celebrity? Um, It's super swoon-worthy and... Well, it's adorable, so it gets my adorbs, with a Z, uh, candy heart.
1: (laughs) I'm going to follow that one up with um, one that's very much a summer romance, so people who really love their summer settings. This is Be True to Me by Adele Griffin, and it's set on Fire Island outside of New York City in 1976. It's a story about two girls, one named Jean, one named Fritz, and the new boy that they're fighting over. It's a story of heat and romance, of summer, and about two girls who don't hate hate each other, don't tear one another down, but who are fiercely competitive, both in their tennis games and off the court with this boy that they are both crushing after. Um, I would rate Be True to Me by Del Griffin as, let's say, yowza.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up on mine, uh, you brought up Three Sides of a Heart, uh, and there's also another super sweet anthology that just came out this month uh, called Meet Cute. Uh, it features Danielle Clayton, Nina LaCour, and just just a ton uh, of YA favorites, um, and they're all stories about first meetings. Um, the stories are really sweet. Um it's just adorable and has the best cover ever. And oh I just gave away my candy heart. I think this one is uh, is also an adorbs uh, candy heart. <laughs>
1: uh, my next one, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a totally different sort of candy heart on this one. And this is for "If You Could Be Mine" by Sarah Farazan. It's set in Iran, and it's the story about Sahar and Nazrin, two girls who have been in love with one another another for a long time, but in Iran, homosexuality is illegal. So. When Nazrin's family begins to sort of figure out an arrangement for her marriage, Sahir decides that it's time to get around this problem of their romance. And her solution is considering sex reassignment surgery, because that is not illegal in Iran. So the story is sort of about her deciding what steps she's going to take, whether she's going to go through with the surgery, how much she's willing to... Commit to this relationship with her longtime love, and I'm going to rate "If You Could Be Mine" by Sarah Farazan as
0: I hope. Yes, <laughs> that's 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 definitely the appropriate heart, and I have I don't think I've heard of this book. I'm going to uh, really. I'm going to have to pick that one up. Yeah, oh man, yeah, you What's would a, love it, exoteries.
1: Yeah, this is definitely it's definitely an Eric book.
0: Let's see. So next on my list is um. Ah, To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. Um, I mean, as someone whose favorite novel ever is High Fidelity, this is kind of the perfect YA novel for me. (laughs) Uh, All these love stories and and letters from the past, crushes, uh, getting out there. Um, And there are three books uh, in this wonderful trilogy. Um, I would give this series a... um (laughs) Probably a crushing heart. <laughs> yeah, I think a crushing heart is definitely appropriate here. Um, although this reminds me, Kelly, we should totally talk about authors who blew up after having several books out. Yes. Um. I'm. I only recently started digging into her backlist. Um. And there are a lot of books. Yeah, like there are a ton of books.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. She. So, in the in the notes for our episode, I put that I could talk about the. Summer I Turned Pretty series, which was her first trilogy. Um, not her first book, but her first trilogy. And um, I remember like reading the first one and loving it. Reading the second one and like itching for that final. Like, what boy is she going to pick? So it's a, it's a story about a girl whose family goes to the same beach resort with this other family every summer. And there's two boys. And over the course of those summers, it's like, okay, which boy is she going to end up with? Who's the right boy for her? Um, but it's also about her growing up and sort of becoming this independent girl and dealing with changes in family and sort of the tragedies that happen to other people that still really impact your own life. So, um, yeah, man, I I liked to All the Boys I Loved Before, but the Summer I Turned Pretty series like, has a special little place in my heart. Um, so I guess I just recommended that series, <laughs> um, and I would put that in... <laughs> It's love as my candy heart. Mm Aw. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about another one?
0: Ah? I think I'm out of books. What? I know.
1: Well, if you won't talk about another one, I'll talk about one more and then we'll move on to our next topic where I know you have a lot to say. Um, Yes. (laughs) So the last one I'll talk about is History Is All You Left Me by Adam Silvera. And this is a tearjerker. So for those of you who like your love stories with a side of Kleenex, uh, this is your winner. And it's a story about when Griffin's first love, Theo, dies in a a drowning accident. Griffin becomes really inconsolable about it. Sure, Theo had been in a relationship with this other guy named Jackson, but Griffin had always believed in his heart of hearts that Theo would come back, that they would continue to have a relationship. But as Griffin's anxiety and depression really spiral because of the loss of his one true love, He reaches out to somebody who would be a really unlikely person to reach out to in his time of like grief and and mourning, and that's Jackson, the boy who Theo had been with. So, this is a really great one, not just for the romance, but it's a really powerful look at mental illness and um, a story that can manage to be a love story with also digging into such a like heavy, complicated. Topic like mental illness, and that is "History Is All You Left Me" by Adam Silvera, and I'm going to give that. Oh man, this is stressful. I'm (laughs) I'm looking at the like options we have. Uh, I'm gonna go with Yowza! (laughs) In part because I wanted to say the word again because it's so bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Adam Silvera is really gifted at writing books that uh, leave you destroyed. After you read them, so mm. yes, <laughs> highly recommend. So for our next topic, uh, we were going to talk a little bit,
1: Before oh you... wait, there's a, there a
0: sponsor. I almost skipped the sponsor. I'm. <laughs> You're I'm so fired. excited
1: about the topic that you want to launch into it, but you, you've got I know. a
0: sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so for our second sponsor, uh, The Love Letters of Avalard and Lily by Laura Creedle. Uh, in The Love Letters of Avalard and Lily, a beautiful teen debut from exciting new talent Laura Creedle, uh, we meet two unbelievable, lovable, neurodivergent teens. Lily has severe ADHD, and Abelard has Asperger's. Uh, and they find romantic inspiration in medieval literature. But can their love work in modern-day Texas? This moving story of romance and human connection creates the sort of characters who will stay with you long after you've finished reading. Uh, It features a compelling portrayal of ADHD and Asperger's. Uh, It's an exciting new voice from a debut author. uh, And it's based on the author's experience. Creedle has ADHD, much like Lily, and her compelling narration is colored by the author's own experience. Uh, There's a killer sense of humor, countless funny moments throughout the novel, Uh, Lily's dry take on high school helps to balance the heavier moments, and there's lots of romantic intrigue. This highly dramatic love story feels both epic and modern with authentic use of technology and texting uh, and will draw in all sorts of readers. Uh, And readers who love literature will just love this title. Uh, The appeal of novels that pay homage to classic literature as this one does. Uh, yeah, and you know I am a sucker for YA novels that have lots of literary. I was references just going to say this so October. sounds like
1: a book that you would read.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, and I think I've seen this book. It has that really pretty cover with the, the blue yeah like the blue cover with the text blotted out. Yeah, so now this is uh, this is definitely skyrocketed to my to be read list. So yes, sponsor number two.
1: And fitting too that it's right after our talk of romance because it sounds like it would be yes. a great right one to read as well. But I'm gonna I'm gonna yes. let you intro this this topic and start because you left me a little note that said I need to write my notes up before you do so you don't take the whole topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true, Kelly's really good at this. Uh, so yeah, last episode we talked a little bit about um, or not the last episode maybe a few episodes ago, um, but music in YA books. Um, I'm a big sucker for that because I feel like oh, just teenagers starting bands and and being in in school band. It's such a Key part of the the, the growing up experience. Um, sometimes it's the experience of having that dream and and just utterly shooting for it, even though it's you know almost seemingly impossible uh, that makes it so relatable, or it's achieving that dream, uh, and then watching it fall apart in front of you and maybe discovering it's not really what you wanted, uh, that also makes it so totally relatable. Um, there are a lot of different ways that music and YA, uh, just works so well, uh, and we want to highlight a couple of books, um, that, you know, do that, (laughs) that do that rather well. Uh... Kelly, did you, uh, do you have a book or two that you want to uh, dive into and talk about? Like, yeah. why do you like music and YA?
1: So, I, one of the things I was thinking about, um, and I wanted to talk about this topic, was I was listening to an audiobook, a nonfiction audiobook called The Hitmakers by, I just forgot, Derek Thompson, I think is the name. I can look it up and throw it in the show notes. But it's a book about what it is that makes some things become giant hits and other things become like. Totally Forgotten About, and yeah, yeah, it's a super fascinating book, and one of the things he talks about is teenagers. There's a whole section on the teenage mind and the teenage brain, and there's also a lot of talk about music, like what it is that makes music so important to us, and why does some things become hits and others don't? And one of the things that he talked about is that the science and research has shown that um, teenagers are the most likely to seek out new music and experiment, like, listening to new things and enjoying new sounds and new um, types of music. And by the age of, like, 33, you kind of stop. Like, 33 seems to be the age that, like, your interest in discovering new music sort of dies out. This is an average, of course. Um,
0: I mean, it's kind of true for me, though. Like, <laughs> I definitely listen to the same stuff again and again. Uh, my wife and I are watching Saturday Night Live the other day, and when they were like the guy was doing the monologue, it's like next up on the show we have, and they said the artist's name, and I was like, oh god, who is that person? <laughs> I'm so old.
1: <laughs> and I mean, I I mean, I'm 33, and I've if somebody recommends a band to me, I will totally check it out, but like I'm not one to look for it myself in the same way I was when I was 13. You know, um, yeah, when you're 13 and have the internet and suddenly like you can find anything you want and it's the coolest thing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that that's one of the reasons that I find it so fascinating in YA is because you know that this is a time period where music is so important and music plays this big role in just not just entertainment, but in self-expression too. both by those teens who just feel a lot with music and, and love it so much that it becomes a huge part of their story um, but also for teens who play music or are involved in a band in some, some capacity who just, like, this is their identity. It becomes such a huge part of who they are in a way that, I don't know, like, when they're in their 30s, if it's not something they continue to pursue, it's maybe not, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was thinking about, so I find that music in YA sort of has ups and downs in terms of being abundant and not being abundant, and I think we're seeing... Or we will see this year more music in YA, which is a good thing because I think it's been a few years since we've seen like a good chunk of of music yeah. books. Um, but something I was curious about as we were digging into this a little bit: what haven't you seen in YA music books? Like, what are some of the things that you think are missing? I was thinking there's not much for competitive marching bands. Um, oh. And I think about in high school, like, in my high school, that was a huge thing. Um, The marching band was, like, the thing, you know? Um, We've seen more books about being a DJ, which is great. um, But few about kids who want to grow up and, like, write lyrics or be involved in music sort of on the back side of things, you know, not performing it. Um, So there's some things I'm like, hmm, I'd like to see more of that in... YA and, and what yeah. those sorts of topics could do
0: like I feel like we saw a couple of good books that were like um, like in terms of behind the scenes stuff like the like teens that want to grow up to be like band managers you know like there was um, that Disenchantments book and there's another one that I'm thinking of and I, I can't is it Five Flavors of Dumb where the, the girl is the, mm, yeah, um, she got, the band yeah. manager
1: mm-hmm. yep yeah that's but
0: I don't feel like there, there hasn't, hasn't been one like that in a while
1: And I want to say those two came out within a year or two of each other as well. Like they were, Ah, they were close releases. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about what you see and what you don't see. Um, Are there any like sort of music related topics you haven't seen a whole lot of or that like you would love to see?
0: Hmm. Yeah. There's only really one YA book about like, like vinyl record obsession. You know, (laughs) I think about that vinyl princess. Mm-hmm. Book and that's that's a book from a while ago. Yeah. So I would love to see more of that, especially since vinyl is making such a yes. giant comeback. Yeah, uh, you know, in the past past few years, um, yeah, some vinyl obsessed teenager. Um, but this might be my my high fidelity love leaking out again.
1: <laughs> but I don't I don't think it's wrong. I think that there is this like I think teenagers today love that like style, you know, and and love that piece of like music history. Um, you know, otherwise you wouldn't see, like, vinyl records. Like, you're seeing them now, and you wouldn't see teens who are, like, super into that. Um Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Anything else that's sort of standing out to you?
0: Well, now I'm just thinking about that marching band <laughs> <laughs> note that you brought up. Like, that's such a good one, you know? Like, why novel about, like, the color guard that right? supports the marching band, you know? Like, no, there ah.
1: there is, um... When the stars go blue by, is it Barbara Curidad Farrar? And I don't think it's marching. Or it's is it color guard? I think it's color guard or something very similar um, that supports the band. And now get that, that one's another one that came out. I want to say like 2010, 2011. So it's been a little while. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's another like aspect of it. You just don't see <laughs> quite as much as you know. Or what about what about the kids who are like? Um, Conductors. What are the conductors called for the marching band? You know, they have a they have the students do it sometimes.
0: Oh yeah, the, the drum major? Is drum major, is?
1: that's what I'm going for, yeah.
0: yeah. Like or the pit orchestra for like the theater kids.
1: <laughs> yes. Like there's so many Oh man. So much like juicy <laughs> like stuff that could be really you know, played up. I see a lot, you know, you see a lot of theater books and like there's nothing wrong with theater books, but like what about the kids who aren't in theater or you know, who are doing those sorts of like behind the scenes, sort of, um, music related <laughs> things at school that you just like. They have some interesting stories to end up there, you know. Yeah. Um. Do you want to kick off talking about some of your favorite music books or ones that you think people should pick up and read?
0: Yeah. Oh goodness, absolutely. <laughs> um. So I really love. Uh. I know when I was rambling a bit earlier about. Uh. You know why like why music books. There's the there's the angle of Achieving the dream and making things happen, and sort of watching it kind of fall apart, Um, and that's why I really like "For the Record" by by Charlotte Wang. It's a this really great YA contemporary about a teen who does like a sort of like an American Idol esque competition and finds herself as a lead singer of a band, Uh, and the band can't stand her. (laughs) Uh, And like there there are tons of books about you know going after your dream and getting what you want, Um, but this book's about like what if it turns out that thing you want kind of turns out to be the worst, you know, and and I like books that are about, um, I don't know, sort of readjusting your goals because it's, it's a realistic thing that a lot of people go through, um, and it's not necessarily bad, uh, and it's, it's just this really great music book, uh, that I hope more people read. I feel like some people slept on this one, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a blast. I haven't read that one, but I can picture the cover in my head, um, (laughs) Like I feel like that's the the forever wise story. I can picture the cover in my head, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I'm gonna go back a few years to a book by Sarah Zarr called The Lucy Variations, and this is about uh-huh. a girl who has, her family is got this sort of legacy in their community, and she has been on the path of becoming a concert pianist, but she realizes she sort of needs to walk away from her legacy in the midst of a tragedy. So Mm -hmm. she decides to not be a concert pianist anymore. Um, and the book sort of digs into what if you lose that love of the music in the pursuit of this title in this, you know, legacy, Ah. like the pressure of, of having that like expectation on you versus like, do I really love doing this? Is this something that I'm passionate about? And, um, Oh, it's a really great book and it's Sarah are I feel like this is one of those books by her that sort of got lost um and it's so good it's so good um and again kind of follows what you were saying the like maybe it's not the right thing um and it's it's about that struggle of like muddling through what is the right thing is could it be the right thing like how do I make it the right thing do I want to make it the right thing um and that that's uh, the Lucy variations by Sarah are
0: Uh, What else do I have on here? Oh, I really loved uh, Fireworks uh, by Katie Tungo. Um, So this YA novel is technically like a YA uh, historical contemporary, even though it takes place in the 90s. And I'm just so sorry (laughs) to do that to everyone who's listening right now. Um, But it's true. Um, It takes place uh, in the era of boy and girl bands, like the Backstreet Boys and the Spice Girls. Uh, It takes place in the, uh, I think it's like in the early 90s. Um, and two teens are cast to be in one of these, uh, one of these groups, two teen girls. Um, and then they find themselves competing against one another, uh, and sort of pits their friendship, uh, against this, uh, promise of, promise of fame. Uh, one of the girls has sort of always wanted this sort of celebrity and, and this, uh, popularity and the other just kind of didn't care, kind of just came and tagged along. Um, so how does that affect your friendship? You know, how are things going? Um, it's really fun, really lovely. Uh, you know, she writes just. Oh man, I just love her books, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's 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 funny to think about books that take place in the '90s as YA historic, but they kind of mm. are now. Um, yeah, if you're if you're upset with us right now, <laughs> I I'm I apologize. Uh, please don't unsubscribe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm just gonna go ahead and just like keep digging that. Uh, digging into that with my next uh, recommendation, which is The Carnival of Bray by Jesse Ann Foley. And Mm -hmm. it's also set in the 90s. It's set in Ireland. And sort of the big event that happens in the book is the death of Kurt Cobain. And it's sort of how the teen culture at that time reacts to this death, the sort of first celebrity death that they've all experienced and sort of the collective mourning of it. Um... So the the main character is in Ireland with her family after having to leave Chicago and when this death occurs it's sort of what tethers her to her former life in Chicago and also helps sort of ground her in this new life in Ireland. So um while it's not obviously the whole story, it's a big piece of the story. And as I was reading it, I was like, like I um I have a hard time with nineties books. But this one, the setting made perfect sense and the experience of losing this sort of musical hero to your generation made perfect sense. Um, And that is The Carnival at Bray by Jesse Ann Foley.
0: Let's see. So next up on my list. um, So I already talked about Lauren Morrill a little bit. Um, So she has one book called The Trouble with Destiny. Uh, In this book, these teen bands are competing for funding on a cruise ship. Uh, Oh, you know what? I think they're a marching band. So that's uh, there. There's a, there's there a marching notebook. book. Um, so they're competing for funding on this cruise ship. There's a whole bunch of bands on there. Uh, whoever wins this big old competition gets a, a nice big check. Uh, and The main character is hoping that she can use this money to save her school's music program, which is going to go under. Um, and now while she's on this cruise ship, you know, sparks start to fly on the ocean um, as the battles heat up both musically uh, and between these different bitter rivals. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's... It, it, it feels like uh, it feels like one of those like like those teen uh, movies, you know, um, where it's the angry rivals versus one another, and the, the with the music and everything. Um, I think it's really great if you're a fan of those sort of uh, those sort of flicks. Um, and you know, it's Lauren Morrill, so There's a there's a lot of romance and some spooning uh, thrown into the mix there. And that one is uh, "The Trouble with Destiny" by uh, Lauren Morrill.
1: That sounds like a lot of fun.
0: It is. It's super cute. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm debating which one to talk about next. I think I'll go to, um, this is one I haven't read, but every time I read the description, I think, why haven't I read that? Because it sounds fantastic. So, um, this one is just sort of my take on the description. And it's So Punk Rock and Other Ways to Disappoint Your Mother by Nicole Ostow. And it's about a group of suburban Jewish kids at an elite high school who want to become a rock band. They're not super successful until... (laughs) They do a ska cover of Hava Nagila at a bar mitzvah, and suddenly their fame explodes.
0: That's amazing. I
1: know. It sounds fantastic. Um, So that one has, like, gone onto my radar. Something I need to read. And that's uh, So Punk Rock and Other Ways to Disappoint Your Mother by Nicole (laughs) Astow.
0: Let's see. And for my last pick... Uh, I'll talk about The Sound of Us by Ashley Poston. Um, I've definitely talked about her uh, on Book Riot in my my various posts, but this book's sort of an evergreen favorite. Um, A teen runs a a beach music bar that's left to her by her father. Um, It's sort of his dream, and and she just can't let it go, even after he's long gone. Um, And while she's there, she runs into the dreamy singer of a band who is hiding from fans and the press uh, while he's down the shore uh, due to the death of someone in the group. Um, And this spurs this whirlwind romance that's, one of those, like, I can't stand you, but oh my god, I love you, (laughs) uh, kind of romances, which I just, you know, what is it, the the hate to love Mm -hmm. romance? Um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's full of, uh, great classic rock music references, um, and a little bit of mystery, because you're trying to figure out what this famous musician is, uh, doing down there in the first place. Um, this is one of those digital-only YA books, but, you know, it means it's like $3, so, uh, Treat yourself and uh, read it on your phone. <laughs>
1: um, I'm going to do one more and then I'm going to cheat and talk about one more to look forward to. So, um, my last one is Noteworthy by Riley Redgate. And the short description of this one, I have read it and it's it's a riot, um, is about a girl who wants to join the all male a cappella chorus at her school. So, she has to dress like a boy to get in. And as you would expect, chaos ensues. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was a really fun read, um, and that one came out last year, so it should be available in paperback soon if it's not already, um, and that is Noteworthy by Riley Redgate, perfect for anybody who loves the acapella competitions and, um, you know, just identity confusing stories, um, and then my cheat is just to say that Angie Thomas's next book called On the Come Up, which comes out late spring, I think, um, is about an up-and-coming teen rapper. Yeah, so it sounds sounds great and like something that we haven't seen a whole lot of in YA. So lots of music books coming, um, which is great. And you know the the nice thing about music books is that even like backlist titles, way backlist titles, they still have such like a nice staying power to them. Um, You know, even if the band isn't exactly as in style. 10, 15 years down the road as it was at the time of the writing, that feeling Mm -hmm. of like what a band does to somebody doesn't go away. It doesn't change. Absolutely. So for our final sort of topic today, we are going to do a quick and dirty rundown of um, some book recommendations for readers who are taking part in the 2008 Read Harder Challenge through Book Riot. If you don't know anything about the Read Harder Challenge, I will link to it in the show notes. And if you're like, I don't want to hear another thing about the Read Harder Challenge that is not something I'm interested in, keep listening because you're going to get some great book recommendations anyway. So um, the Read Harder Challenge is 24 tasks that you complete over the year to sort of expand your reading, reading horizons, and it's just 24 different topics of types of books that you could read. And we thought it would be interesting to sort of offer up YA options through a number of the different topics. So we won't hit all 24, but we'll tell you which number the topic is, what the topic is, and then give a book recommendation or two for the ones that we have. Um, so I guess, do how do we want to do this? Should we just start at the top? And go yeah, ahead? that sounds good. Okay. Um, so for a book published posthumously... I've got down on here um, Bogchild by Siobhan Dodd, D-O-W-D is the last name. Um, it's set in Ireland, and it's about and In the Age of the Troubles. It includes a dead body and a touch of romance. So that one will work for it. Um, did you have any you wanted to add there?
0: I don't. Uh, you kind of owned this one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um task number two is for a book of true crime and this one i cannot recommend the 57 bus by dashka slater enough um this one just came out this past year and it's about an a gender teen who is burned on a bus ride by a black boy and the book digs into gender race and the truth behind the crime this is a, a real crime that happened and the book Gives a a really great insight into both teenagers, who they were, sort of the things that were important to them in their life. And it does a really great job of rendering both of them as full, complex individuals and gets to sort of like what really happened in this incident and digs into what is and isn't a hate crime and how you define it. And um, just wonderful. Um, And that's The 57 Bus by Dashka Slater. Do you want to, <laughs> I wrote it down, but I think you could talk about it. Do you want to talk about number four?
0: Yes. Yeah, so we have uh, number four is a comic written and drawn by the same person. Uh, we have down uh, Lucy Nishley's Relish. Uh, it's about food and eating and it's delicious and delightful. <laughs> it's a, it's a memoir and there's uh there's recipes in- alongside every, uh, every little thing that she cooks inside the book. Uh, so there's, you know, there's some stuff you can potentially learn from it, uh, while you are reading along. Uh, and that's Lucy Nishley's Relish.
1: So for number, test number five, the task is a book set in or about one of the five BRICS countries. So that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, or South Africa. And just three real quick ones. Um, for Brazil, you could do The Summer Prince by Elia Don Johnson which is a fantasy about art and political rebellion and a romance that might not end well. You could do, for Russia, The Boy on the Bridge by Natalie Standiford, which is set during the Cold War. Um, In India, you could do A Time to Dance by Padma Venkatraman, which is about a dancer who becomes injured but learns how to move in her body after that and digs into some traditional Indian dancing and um, has a beautiful setting and great storyline.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I'll just I'll just add one in here really quick. Um, you know, for China, you could potentially read "Boxers and Saints" um, by Ling Yang. It's this, oh my goodness, it's like a two volume, like six hundred page, uh, fantastic graphic novel uh, about the Boxer Rebellion, um, and it teaches you about a, a you know an era in history that uh, really isn't in a lot of high school textbooks. You know, this definitely wasn't in my school. Um, And it might open your eyes to some interesting things that went on, uh, around the world. Tragic things. And I feel bad. I don't have something for C. I mean, E.
1: E. Which one was... Oh, that was the South Africa. Um, South
0: Africa YA. Hmm.
1: I believe there's one called Spud. And I can't remember the author. Um, I can picture the title. But I think it's just called Spud. And it's about a a boy who is in a South African school. Um, which is, like, not a recommendation at all. But just a title. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have one off the top of my head either, but that one just came to me. So um, we, would, we would take um, titles for South Africa. If anyone has any and wants to drop a comment, we would love to hear some. Yes,
0: please. <laughs> so number six is A Book About Nature. And uh, I love this one because uh, there's lots of different kinds of nature books that I adore. I love a really good cli-fi novel. Uh, You can go extreme and pick up a book like Breathe by Sarah Crossman, where everyone lives in domed cities after the planet has essentially been destroyed. Uh, Or you can keep it a little closer to nature and outdoors. Um, You know, a story that's more about the people, like uh, The Distance Between Lost and Found by Catherine Holmes, which is a novel about bullying, family, and uh, being lost in the wilderness. Um, So one's more about the destruction of the planet, and the other one's more about the destruction of... uh, I don't know one another um so yeah check out breathe by Sarah Crossman or the distance between lost and found uh, by Catherine Holmes if you're looking for a good nature book
1: so for number seven we have a western and I've got under a painted sky by Stacey Lee which is about two teens who head west on foot it's about a lot more than that but I feel like that's the best quick and easy pitch for that one
0: um beautiful beautiful book Yeah, and mine I put down Vengeance Road by Aaron Bowman, which is essentially a YA true grit. Although true grit is kind of YA anyway, but this is purposely uh, a YA novel. So Vengeance Road uh, by Aaron Bowman.
1: And that one just had a sequel come out too, didn't it?
0: Yes, uh, Revolution Rails?
1: Retribution Rails. Rails. Retribution Rails, there we go. We're recommending Uh, books off the cuff, but we can't remember the titles of them.
0: Yes. So for number eight, we have a comic written or drawn by a person of color. Um, I just wrote a post about this on Book Riot. Um, And if it has to be YA, then I would recommend In Real Life. Um, It's illustrated by Jen Wang uh, and written by Cory Doctorow. Uh, Jen Wang's done work with, um, oh, like Adventure Time, and she has a bunch of other novels with um, First Second. Um, It's about... A teen girl that's playing a very World of Warcraft esque game uh, and trying to level up in a clan and quickly discovers the uh, the people that are sort of I don't know messing with all her plans in the game aren't just you know random bad guys in the world they're they're real people that are you know struggling to uh, gold mine and make money for their real lives uh, outside of the video game and it talks a lot about uh, economics in video games and it's, it's it's really interesting in that you know nerdy Cory way, uh, and really beautiful in the way that Jen Wang uh, illustrates. I definitely recommend checking it out.
1: So for number 10, a romance novel by or about a person of color, I've got two super easy quick recs for this one. The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon and Everything Everything by Nicola Yoon. Um, I feel like those are two pretty straightforward romances um, and both mm-hmm. feature main characters of color as well as being written by... A woman of color, so um, I know both have been bestsellers, both have been everywhere, but there's a reason for it, so if you haven't read them, those would yes. be perfect for this task.
0: My wife and I just watched the Everything Everything movie. How was it? Uh, the other day. It was so good! Uh, it's definitely one of, like, the the better movie adaptations I've seen. Like, I felt like it was, like, it was the book. Uh, there are even, like, little illustrations and everything uh, throughout the movie, like... Oh, my goodness. And the way they, they portray, like, the texting and, like, the digital stuff that happens in the book is just, it's so clever. Um, everyone should see it. I loved it.
1: That's so great to hear. I haven't seen it yet, but I've wanted to. So, I, I gotta do it.
0: <laughs> it's, like, oh, yeah. one of
1: those things you always intend to and then you don't. And then you're, like, every time you hear about how good it is, you're, like, oh, why haven't I done that yet? Um, <laughs> but, yes, now I will. So, for number 11, I've got a couple This. Uh, task is a children's classic published before 1980. And if you take YA to be children's, there are lots of options. Some would include *The Chocolate War* by Robert Cormier, *A Hero Ain't Nothing But a Sandwich* by Alice Childress, *Forever* by Judy Blume, or one that I think more people need to read, which is *His Own wear by June Jordan, which is written entirely in poetic street language, and it's about it's a 13-year-old boy's coming of age story. Um, super Ooh. cool story, um, and one that I don't think a lot of YA readers have read. And it could be a little tricky to track down, but I found it through my library's digital site, so it's out there. Um, I guess I got the next one, too. Um, for task number 12, a celebrity memoir, you could read Becoming Maria by Sonia Manzano, which is about Becoming Maria on Sesame Street. Oh, it's about okay. a little bit more than um, that, but she played Maria on Sesame Street, and it's about her life growing yes. up. Uh,
0: for me, I have, uh, for number 15, it's a... Uh, one sitting book uh, and I would pick up Jason Reynolds A Long Way Down which we've talked about uh, fairly recently it's a YA novel in verse uh, which you can really read in oh my goodness maybe 90 minutes
1: yep I was going to say there are so many good options for one sitting reads with YA especially when you pick up a verse novel um, there really are yeah even if you pick up one of the Ellen Hopkins ones which are like you know 500-600 pages a lot of times you could blow through it in a couple hours so
0: yeah Uh, Let's see, for 16, we have the first book in a new-to-you YA or middle-grade series. Um, I feel like I get new things to me every time we record this (laughs) podcast when you and I talk. Um, But a publicity person uh, just sent me the first book in Donna Frieda's uh, Wired series. Um, It's on book three at this point, and I've never read them or or really heard of them, uh, surprisingly. Um, So I guess we'll see what the deal is there. Is there a new series in your to-be-read stack that you've stumbled upon
1: and a new to me series you know i (laughs) i'm still waiting to read and i don't know why i haven't done it yet but um the queen's thief series by megan Whalen turner i've got all of them oh yeah um and you know i'm not usually a high fantasy person but i've been told this might be one that i love because it's much more about politics um and power than being sort of Really high fantasy, um, which I know is about politics and power, but this I guess what I'm going for is accessible to people who don't read fantasy as much as, yeah. as some people do. Um, so that that might be it. That might be it.
0: Okay. Well, speaking of genre books, uh, number 17 is a sci-fi novel with a female protagonist by a female author. Um, and I wrote down uh, Empress of a Thousand Skies by Rhoda Bazzella. Um I know it's like a dual POV and there's a boy uh, in there, but it is a pretty kick-ass YA space opera uh, with a girl fighting her way across the galaxy. So I would, I would check that one out. It
1: <laughs> has a great cover, too. Oh, yeah. So for number 18, a comic that isn't published by Marvel, DC or image. And I just, I suggest going through the catalog for first second. Cause you'll find tons of great options in there.
0: Yep. I brought up boxers and saints in this again. So <laughs> yes, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, number 21, a mystery by a person of color or LGBTQ author. Um, I've got two: the art of secrets by James Kleiss. Um, the short description is: There's a fire that's suspected to be a hate crime, and um, when this happens, shortly thereafter, there's a peri- there's an appearance of a mysterious, highly priced piece of art meant to help the family with the crime. But how did it get there? Like there are a lot of little pieces about this crime and this art. And um, Kleiss is a queer author, so perfectly fits the, the topic. And another one that would work is Complicit by Stephanie Keene. So if you haven't read Steph Keane yet, um, this one might be my favorite of hers. So um, one that would be, I think, a pretty good starting place. Yeah. And I've got for number 22, an essay anthology. You could read Feminism for the Real World, um, edited oh. by me. <laughs> you could. Um, you could read The V Word, which is um, about the concept of virginity and first-time experiences from voices of of female identifying writers edited by amber kaiser and you know i'm like i there are a bunch of essay anthologies coming out this year um i think prior years there haven't been that many but i think this is the year we're going to see quite a few more so um, excellent yeah as 2018 goes on there'll probably be plenty more recommendations for that task as well do you have any others that you wanted to add to any of the tasks
0: No, that's really it. That's all I got. I mean, some of these, you know, it's like, number 23, a book with a female protagonist (laughs) over the age of 60. Well, that's probably not a YA book anymore, so, yeah, some of the read harder challenges.
1: You could do something like, um, Scarlett Epstein Hates It Here by Anna um, Bresla, where one of the main, so I guess she's a protagonist versus a main character, um there's an older woman in the story who is just a neighbor of Scarlett Epstein and it's, she's just a riot. Like the main character is really funny. I mean, that's stretching it a little bit, but mm-hmm. you could, <laughs> you know, if, if our goal in sharing these is to like offer why that could fit any of these topics, then yes, <laughs> that would be one that would,
0: oh, well, there you go. So surprise recommendation. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, well, I think that pretty much wraps up our show. So Thank you for tuning in again this week, our 10th episode. Please leave any feedback you have about the show on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing and to help other people find our podcast. Uh, thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. You can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Twitter and Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars. And you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram with Eric Smith Rocks. And we'll talk to you again in two weeks.
0: All right. Goodbye.
1: Bye.